Welcome to the Dreamcatcher Podcast, a place where your dreams can find a voice. I'm your host, Celine Chenoy. Thank you to all of you who return every week to tune in to become a better version of yourself. Make sure you hit subscribe if you haven't already, and rate our show if you enjoyed this episode. Society conditions women to behave in ways that are acceptable, that may not always be in their best interest. To break free from these expectations, women must awaken and rise above the limitations placed on them and reveal their true nature. My guest today, Dr. Shefali, has been helping women do this for many years now in her prolific career. Featured prominently on Oprah Winfrey's platforms, Good Morning America, The Today Show, and many others, Dr. Shefali is a New York Times bestselling author and renowned clinical psychologist. Dr. Shefali received her doctorate in clinical psychology from Columbia University. Specializing in the integration of Western psychology and Eastern philosophy, she brings together the best of both worlds for her clients. Join me for this conversation with Dr. Shefali, where we talk about the ways in which we can break free from fear, embrace our strengths, and awaken our conscious self as women. And if you like what you heard, please don't forget to like, rate, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Thank you. Hello, Dr. Shefali. How are you doing today? Hi, thank you. Uh, It's so wonderful to talk to you. I've been a fan of yours for a couple of years now, and I have to say that it just feels so good to see a fellow Indian woman on such a huge platform and offering so much wisdom to the masses. It's truly inspiring. Oh, thank you so much. So today we're here to talk about your new book, uh, A Radical Awakening. to turn pain into power and embrace your truth, live free. So let's dive right into it. Um, Dr. Shefali, I found it really interesting that you actually wanted to downplay your looks uh, when you were younger, which I find really interesting because most women today, uh, they want to stand out, especially in the world of social media that we live in now. Um, How did you... Uh, eventually make peace with your appearances and become the powerful woman that you are today? Yeah, I don't know whether children want to stand out necessarily. Parents of children want them to stand out. But I think children don't want to be given all this undue attention. Well, I certainly didn't. And it wasn't because I was extra, you know, good looking. It's just that I had this coloring that people in India covet. And that's why I got a lot of attention. And um, it was very... Um, oppressive to me. It was uh, very predatorial to me. And I wanted to run and hide. And uh, so in my teenage years, I put on weight, uh, just dumbed myself down, dimmed myself, and just tried to disappear. And I really tormented myself with this idea of uh, trying to hide. And then it became my modus operandi, And then I really just lost myself. So it took me many years to recover that lost self. And people think that, oh, if you're given attention, you should be full of worth. No, you're not full of worth, whether you are extolled or you're denigrated, because both are for the external self and it's not for the true self. So you, you plague yourself either ways. And then, you know, if you ask any you know, person who's been 
told they're too fat or too dumb or too silly or too whatever, it, it just kills them. And similarly, if you're given too much attention for being too smart or being a great actress or being so beautiful, oh my goodness, now you're going to plague yourself because of that. Because it's too much attention for external things. And then you think that that's who you are and it's not who you are, whether it's something on the quote unquote positive side or quote unquote on the negative side. As long as it's undue attention, for your external achievements and and worth, you are going to think that that is you and you're going to kill yourself for it. Right. And on a subconscious level, you're, you kind of pick up that that is how you're going to be, how your worth is going to be measured in the world. Yes. Yes. So that becomes your metric for who it is you are. And then if you don't do so well in that, or you're not getting that praise, then you begin to feel like an addict looking for that praise and you begin to feel empty or lesser than without that praise. Right, right. And um, and this is a good segue to my next question, which you write about um, early archetypes that we were exposed to in our younger years and that uh, the social conditioning that we go through can cause us to develop a false identity, which you refer to as that woman. Can you please describe who that woman is? Well, I think as little girls, uh, we are raised to have an idea or a fantasy um, that there's a particular way to be a woman. So I call that in the book, A Radical Awakening, the idea of that woman. It's all over the world. It's this idea that you can be everything, you know, so we need to have perfect earlobes and we need to have A grades and we need to raise children who have A grades and we need to be skinny and we need to be full-time cooks. And we, I mean, it's just, the list is endless. And we then oppress ourselves with those expectations of how to be that ideal, that woman. And I say that woman because it really, it's like a catch-all, like everything goes into that woman. And um, we don't realize how we set ourselves up for extreme self-sabotage and shame when we're trying to live up to the standard of that nebulous, utopic, that woman. And we can never really achieve that. So we're on this hamster wheel of feeling unworthy constantly. And I think that's why your environment and your caretakers play such a pivotal role. I mean, of course, you're a parenting expert, so you talked a lot about this in your previous books, but that does make a difference, right? And how we define ourselves as women. Yeah, I mean, that definitely contributes. But even if you had the most enlightened two parents in the world, which no one has, no. the culture, the culture will get to you. The culture is the culture. The culture is a toxic patriarchy that uh, doesn't value freedom and sovereignty of, you know, people on the lower end of the hierarchy, including people of color, women, uh, you know, and animals and children. So we are going to be subjugated. So whether you have the most amazing parents or not, that certainly helps a lot. But there's still the culture and we get messages from the culture that we can't really avoid, no matter how hard we try. Right, right. And I'm curious to know, Dr. Shabali, I mean, we come from the same cultural background. So do women like us and women who come from collectivist societies or heavily patriarchal societies, um, it would be harder for them, right? and making this journey to become more awakened? Uh, yes, it would be harder for them, but it's hard for everyone. You know, when I came to America, I thought I would be in the land of the liberated woman, but she is also fighting for her liberation. She doesn't have an easy golden path. Sure, is 
Is it easier than a heavily traditional patriarchal culture like our, than our like ours? Yes, but I can't compare. I think you know you can be uh, you can still feel very encaged if you are raised in an unconscious way. So I think sure. we we can't really compare. But you're right. You know, some cultures just make it way harder. Yeah, for example, like Tara Westover, I don't know if you heard about her. She grew up in the Mormon culture. So she, I could really relate to the way she was raised because she also was in this heavily patriarchal society, but she was from Idaho, I think. So, I mean, it doesn't really matter, right? It just right. happened anywhere. Right. And you could have a really oppressive father, but you could grow up, you know, yes. in, in New York City. Yes. So it, we can't ri- rise to quick judgment. Yes. You have to really understand that some things are ubiquitous. And what we're talking about is the global messages that women get as a mm-hmm. whole and how we can help each other break free from that. Right. And what advice do you have for women who find themselves in situations where they can't really carve a path of their own? They have financial restrictions or maybe they live in very dangerous situations even. How can they begin to make that shift because some some of them don't have that luxury because you know they they don't have the means to really um state their opinions or be who they want to be yeah it's it's a path that they have to walk on they have to learn how to make powerful choices which come with a price right nothing is going to come free so you know that's what's so scary for women that they have they feel threatened by the choice they have to make so they may even know that they want to speak up or break free but then the idea that they will be outcasted from their family or the idea that they'll be ostracized brings up so much terror in them that they then go back into the cage i've seen so, this happen in my family which is why i wanted to get your opinion i'm in my my relatives and my my ancestors you know so Right. That's why we women have to support each other and help each other to emerge into a unity, into a sisterhood. Mothers need to help their daughters. Aunts need to help each other. But you know what happens is that the women before us like act like they have amnesia. Like there's that a happened denial. to you, right? I read that that happened to you. Like no one yeah. really told you. Oh, no right, one. but we, this is very, very common. Like the women don't tell the daughters that this could happen to you. Yes. And I told my mother, why didn't you tell me I would be molested? Possibly, you know, don't make me paranoid, but tell me to be prepared what to do if it was to happen. So I prepared my daughter from when she was three, that if this would happen, do this. I didn't make her paranoid, but I told her that there's a reality out there that could she could encounter to empower her. But my mother was so scared it would happen to me that she just pretended it wouldn't. So how did you do it? Because you were you grew up in that environment. So how did you climb out of that unconscious environment that you were in? Well, I didn't really take it in to, at a very deep personal level because I had a different internal structure and I wasn't raised with a lot of guilt or shame. Uh, yeah. And that's why parents are so important. But another person could have totally been annihilated by that, right? So I wasn't a better person. I just didn't have additional family trauma on top of the cultural trauma, right? But many people are not that lucky. So I was able to understand that men, these men are like out of control in this country. And I began wanting to leave very young. That was my escape fantasy that allowed me to cope. I'm just going to leave. I'm just going to leave. And I realized, (laughs) right? 
Yeah, because it was just so rampant and ridiculous. Um, and then I just got angry for a while. And uh, and now I've, I've channeled that anger into power. Yes. Yes. And that, that certainly that certainly comes through in the book. Okay. So um, what are the main themes you cover in the book? You talk about this, this whole idea of women being trained to crave the triple threats, the need for approval, validation, and praise. And boy, did that hit home. <laughs> right. Could you please break those three uh, threats down for us, please, Dr. Shaw? Well, you know, we're, we're raised to be conditioned to want these things from the outside world, approval, validation, and praise. So approval is, do you give me permission to exist? And mm-hmm. validation is, do you do you honor my existence? Can I be allowed to, to carry out my ma- manifestation? Mm-hmm. And um, praise is, can you celebrate me? So we're raised as young girls to want this from the outside world and this is how we are conditioned and brainwashed and we will almost do anything for this to happen and that's where we need to wake up at some point to go oh my goodness look what I've given up look how inauthentic I've become for the sake of this goal yes and sometimes we have to hit rock bottom for that to happen I mean that I mean that certainly happened to me and that happened to some of my friends and is it possible to reach that level of awakening prior to having a really difficult experience or experiences that kind of break us down and make us be like, hey, look at look at this false persona that you've built all these years? Well, it's typically it doesn't happen willingly because we are we are unconscious. We don't realize we are in this pattern. So typically it takes pain to shatter that and pain to wake us up to go, this is not working. And we don't don't even know we're doing anything. We think we're being ourselves. So when when it doesn't work, then we ask ourselves, what isn't working? And then we realize we're employing these ways of being that are fake and false because we're living in fear. And typically then you work with a therapist or a coach who helps you uncover these patterns. And then you begin to disrupt the patterns and you break free. So is it safe to say that if it's hurting, then something's wrong? If you're hurting and you're feeling... Yes, yes, yes. You're not supposed to be hurting. But we are so conditioned to hurt, we don't even pay attention to the hurt. Yeah. So that's why things are resilient. We're resilient. We can take a lot. Right. We think we're being resilient. So we take it, we take it, we take it, we take it. And then only when we break do we say, hey, I need help. And we're even conditioned to not ask for help. So because we're supposed to do it all and be it all and... You know, so this is where we have to realize that we are deserving of worth. We are deserving of celebration. We're deserving of joy. And when we allow ourselves to feel deserving, we will then stop tolerating all that doesn't align with it. Okay. And what can women do to begin uh, walking on that journey of self-worth? Well, there's, it's not an easy, quick fix. That's why this book is a thick book. You know, yes. they can read A Radical Awakening. Yes. And they have to really commit to that journey to change the tapes from lack and scarcity and comparison, competition. So the mind first. Yes, in the mind. Yes, you have to change that. Because once you let go of the toxic stuff, then you begin to enter the beautiful stuff. You can't just on top of the toxic stuff, shove affirmations, motivations, you know, read good I books. I tried that. Doesn't work. And put stuff on the vision board. <laughs> it will not work. 
Yes. You have to go through this detoxification, this cleansing. That's what my book speaks to. Yes. You know, letting go process to then let in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I also love the whole um, chapter on boundaries and the conscious quotient, consciousness quotient. I thought that was so brilliant, you know, as a way to kind of um, size people up. I don't know if I'm using the right word, but size people up and see if they're worth having in your space. I was like, that is so great because I've heard of IQ, we've heard of EQ, but CQ, I'm like, that's that's pretty interesting, you know. Um, right, because we great need barometer, to, you know. Right. We need to understand that people can be very intelligent very pretty, very smart, but they can totally be dysfunctional for you. And we don't allow ourselves the the capacity to screen for that. And we don't want people, if we're doing the work, to be around us if they're not doing the work. So as beautiful, flashy, rich or wealthy they are, we got to say thank you very much, but you don't come into my inner circle. So we begin to really carefully cultivate our inner garden and choose what flowers we want to cultivate and pluck out the weeds that we don't want there it's a cultivation but it it can only occur when you feel worthy of such a garden absolutely and also be willing to walk it alone because you'd be cutting out a lot of people in your life once you start using this as a way to um you know figure out if you want certain people in your life or not because let's face it a majority of the people are not very high on that 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 index <laughs> yes yes and but but the relief is that there are not many people who are high so now you won't be taking things personally from people who don't have a high consciousness quotient so that's a relief yeah and dr shafali that is so liberating once you know yeah. that it's like you see them differently and you're like oh it's not personal you know yes, yes it's not personal at all so this is the way to liberate yourself from the mental bondage that you were having with people because you thought they were amazing yeah they just were amazing because they were rich or wealthy or successful but they weren't amazing in terms of the journey of inner growth that they've embarked on they've done zero inner work and therefore you should not talk to people like technically because they're going to be projecting all their vomit from childhood onto you and you will feel really bad especially in intimate relationships. I mean, I'm still single and now I'm like, okay, I need to keep this in mind when I'm dating. You know, I wish they had those in dating profiles. Like what is your consciousness quotient? Yeah, but you can, you can screen for that, you know? Yeah, you can. Uh, you can um, just ask the right questions. Ask the right questions. Yeah. And believe you're worthy. You're worthy of some, a partner who's on your level. Yeah. So you have to learn to say no to the ones who look flashy and cute and rich. Don't fall for that because that's not going to make you happy in the long run. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Dr. Shefali, it's been such a privilege to talk to you. Um, Thank you for taking the time to be on the show and to get on camera. Um, And really everything that you're doing to empower and awaken women. um, You're truly a light worker. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Dr. Shefali's book is called A Radical Awakening, and it's now available on all major bookstores and online platforms. Uh, Take care, Dr. Shefali, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed what you just heard, please subscribe to my podcast and feel free to share it with your friends and family. Take care and speak soon.